Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. John chapter 5. For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the subject. I've titled it, Not Dying Ain't Living. Not dying ain't living. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. Not dying ain't living. John chapter 5, verse 1. This is one of my favorite stories in the in the scripture. There, there is just so much that takes place here. And I, I just this week felt drawn to come back here to this, this, this story. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, He said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Father, I just come to you now, and I just ask you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to take that that you put into my heart and and, and to communicate that to your people. Father, I declare your word to always be true. It is more than just word. It is life, and it is spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This, this was a, a unique setting. This was a, uh, some of the words this week just kind of jumped off the page at me. It, it said that there was a great multitude of people there. there. There were not just a few blind or lame or crippled or diseased people. There was a great multitude of them, and and they circled around this pool. Now, we've got to understand that this pool wasn't built for this purpose. Just one day, something happened here, and, and this angel came down, and he stirred this water. This pool was there for, for, for some other purpose than what it's serving right now. And, and because of that, and somebody got healed by that, that, that started a process so that occasionally an angel would come down and stir this pool, and 
whoever got in first got a healing. And so surrounding this pool is a great multitude of people. And, and there they sit, the, the, the blind and, and the lame and, and the, the, the leper and the, 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 the crippled. And, and, and they, they just surrounded this and they waited. And yet, just, just literally right over the other side of these porches, life is going on. There, there's a sheep gate there. There's a marketplace. And if you've ever seen a marketplace, you know, we don't really have those here. You know, we've turned them into malls or grocery stores. But, but in other countries, a marketplace, there's, there's activity and there's people coming and going and deals being made and, and animals and fish and plants and food to eat. There's, there's activity. There's a lot of talking. This is where you got the latest news because, you know, in other countries they don't always have newspapers or they don't, they don't get news like you and I do. They, they share with one another. And so here in the midst of all of this blindness and lameness and, and, and crippledness and disease, just... Just like right there, right there, life is happening. It's happening outside of these five porches. Because in these five porches, life isn't happening. Life is on hold. The, these people are, are not so alive that you could call them alive, and yet... They're not so dead you could call them dead. They're, they're just surviving. I remember we, I was with a group of seniors on a, a senior trip, and one lady said it was just a joke, but it just, it just struck me as funny. She said, you know what I do every morning? The first thing I do every morning before I even get ready for the day is I read the obituary. Somebody said, somebody fell for the joke, and they said, why? She says, because when I see my name in there, I'm just going to lay down, and that means somebody else has to dress me today. I don't know. I, I, I hope I never get to the point where that's the only thing i got to look forward to is I don't have to dress myself today. But, but these people, that, that's where life is for them. They can see everybody else just continuing. They, they can see everybody else, you know, making deals, enjoying their family, laughing, sharing, crying, and, and, and going on with their life, and yet here they sit by the sheep gate, right by where all this activity is going on around them, and, and they're not a part of it because they're stuck. Something has happened in their life, that has put them in this awful place. Everybody who's sitting there is broken somehow. They're diseased. They can't function. They can't move. They can't see. They can't feel. They're stuck there. This pool becomes a holding place for those who are not quite dead, but they're really not living. They're in an environment that life is all about just surviving. The story doesn't tell us, but 
our intelligence tells us there's times when people who are waiting die there. And you wake up and the person next to you is gone. This, this story hits my heart because for new, too many places, this describes the church. Not necessarily this church, but this describes what all too often happens in the body of Christ where people get broken and they get wounded and they become... Revelation chapter 3, poor, miserable, wretched, blind, and naked. Then they sit there, and success now takes on a different definition. Success is just not dying. I've said it before that whenever you negotiate with the devil, you're only negotiating one thing, and that is the level of your misery. Because that's all he has to offer you. I'm concerned that we've got to the place that, that we, we settle for. John did it this morning. He's rejoicing over 37 degrees in Nome, Alaska. I'm hoping it gets slightly warmer than 37 degrees around here at some point, don't you? I'm just as guilty as him. A couple of weeks ago, you know, we went, went through those minus, 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 and I went outside and it was 14 degrees, and I thought, hey, this ain't bad. And then it hit me. I thought, it, it hasn't come to that, is it? That I'm happy with 14 degrees? I went out yesterday without a coat on, just because. But I don't want that to become our normal. And for these people around the porch, that's the new normal. They, they, they are glad just to survive, just to, I'm still here. There's a glimmer of hope. We don't know how long this guy has been around this porch, but he's been infirm for 38 years. He's been broken for 38 years, and he has spent... A, a good time waiting around this pool for something to happen, and it isn't going to happen for him. And later he explains to us why it isn't going to happen for him, but guess where he is? Just, just sitting there. There are people in here that's building this morning that, that, that you went in younger years, you had so many hopes for something so much greater, but, but now you've settled for this. You know what I'm talking about. You, you, you know that God has put something in your heart and, and you had a dream and a, a, a desire that, that was of a godly nature. It wasn't something ugly or, or selfish. It was a good thing. But, but life has dealt you some, some situations and now you're like one of these people. And even though there's a great multitude of them sitting around, only occasionally does one person get what they ask for. And that, 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 that's what the church has become.
I will take this to the grave. I believe it's the will of God to heal everybody. I believe it's the will of God that every one of us walk in freedom. I believe that one of the signs of the church should be that we lay hands on the sick and see them recover everything they lost. Recover means to get it back. I believe that's the will of God. In fact, Jesus said, here's how you'll know my people. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll see them recover. They'll cast out demons. That's how you'll know. And I'm, I'm concerned that we become this new pool of Bethesda. We, 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 we rejoice when, when one of us gets a miracle. And we rejoice when one of us gets delivered. And when reality, all of us should be free. And this pool, this, it takes on a life of its own. You ever been around? You ever been around people that are suffering like you're suffering? Pretty soon, you just you have fellowship in your suffering. I'm a loser, you're a loser, we're both losers. First place, uh, the old song says, one is the loneliest number. You're number one, you're lonely. Second, third, and fourth place guys have something to talk about with each other. We're losers. The first place guy got nobody to talk to. He's the only one. This pool takes on a life of its own. The Bible doesn't tell us, but we can kind of imagine that, that this section is for the blind. And this section is for the, the lame because they have something in common. Uh, if you're not blind, you don't know how to talk to a blind person. You know what I'm talking about. You find out they're blind and you talk louder. When in actuality, their hearing is better than yours. That's just the way the body's made. And when they're blind, their hearing gets more acute. So what do we do? We think they're stupid and deaf. Oh, you're blind. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, no one talking about we've done it. You've done it. Somebody has a different language. They speak a different language than you. We think if we just say it slower, they somehow understand. I need... The hand motions are hilarious. I need something to eat. And they're looking at us like, what do you? We, we, I took a missions trip to uh, Honduras, and, and you know we got into the bad habit of going to a restaurant, and we just pointed the pictures, you know, and... And finally, one, one, one evening, I said, listen, we're not doing that anymore, okay? We're, we're going we're gonna to struggle through this. You've you got to read the words off of the menu and, and don't point to pictures and, and, and you just eat whatever they give you, okay? And so we, we tried that and the waitress kind of laughed at us as we struggled through and, 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 and ordered the food. And she had the strangest reaction to one of the guys on the team, he... He struggled to order the food, and he, 
he said it, and she looks at him, she grabs his menu and just turns and walks off. This, this group of people take on a language all their own. They, they have become comfortable in their affliction. They're, they're, they've gathered and somehow, some way, they take comfort that, look at I know I'm blind, but look at all my blind friends. And hey, I know I'm halt, but look at all my halt friends. Let me know what I'm saying. And, and, and I, 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 that's okay. That's a part of human nature. But here's the danger is that we get to the place that we're like this guy. We take on this attitude, we're never going to change. This is what I am. This is the way that I'm, I'm, I'm made. This is how it is. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm broken, I'm messed up, and I'll never be whole. I'll never be right. I'll never be healed. We'll never have a good marriage. I'll never be happy. But at least I'm not as sad as I used to be. Yeah, I'm broke, but at least they're not calling me anymore. They've given up. I've wore them out. You know what I'm talking about. Is that really life? This God that we serve said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He, he, he wants you to have an abundant life. Now, now we got weird preachers out there today that talk about abundant means bank account and money and, and fancy cars. That, that's not life. Those are things. But life is more than just not dying. And so, why do we go to church? I, I tell you what, 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 our, what we feel like our mission is. Our mission is exposure. Because you and I will spend all week long, you go to your job, you go to your school, you're hanging around blind, deaf, and dumb people. Spiritually. How many know what I'm talking about? They, they, they take from you, and, and if you're not careful, they'll... You'll take on their attitudes. But, but ministry is all about exposure. When, when the worship team and Brother Derek gets up and leads us in worship, it isn't to impress us with their ability. It's to expose us to the nature of God. Our ministry desire is, is to expose you to God. To get you to a place where you and God can communicate and He can tell you Himself. He doesn't want you to stay in this place. That He's not going to let your past define you or the opinions of other people define you. He has a definition for you and He wants to share that with you. And so ministry is about exposure. We we do all of our best. We do our praying and our preparation and our, our preaching and singing and worshiping and fellowshipping and preparing to expose just life outside of the pool. Because in the pool, around the pool, everybody is broken and diseased. So 
here's this mess. And Jesus walks in. We have no idea why he picks this one guy out of all of them, but it's to send all of them a message. And so here's this great multitude, and Jesus walks in, and he stops and he looks at this guy. And for the longest time, I always thought he asked a dumb question. Will you be made whole? But now I know why he asked that question. And it wasn't a dumb question. You ever asked a dumb question? You ever ever had a dumb question asked of you? Oh, yeah. It wasn't a dumb question. You see, Jesus asked him, will you be made whole? Because the verse just, or the words just before that told us why. Because he saw him lying there. This is not somebody who is expecting something to happen any moment. He's comfortable there. He's not expecting that angel to any moment. He's he's not expecting his life to change. He's carved out himself a spot on the porch, and he's made it comfortable, and he's lying there. And so we blow that conversation up. Jesus said, hey, when I look at you, I don't see somebody who wants to get healed. I see somebody who is now comfortable in their affliction. You are making the best out of a bad situation. This week I posted on Facebook. I've never made any bones about it. I don't like the cold. Okay? Every year when I get older, I like it less. Is that how it works, Brent? You just... You just like it less. Every I can tell how I like it less every year. JJ's been bugging me to take him sledding. Usually we go sledding. It used to be we'd go sledding with the first snowfall. And then it kind of got pushed back. You know, every year it gets pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I still got to take him this year. <laughs> Where was I going with that from? On Facebook, I said, you know, we got to make the best out of a bad situation. All this cold, at least there's no mosquitoes. If we're not careful, we will allow that to become our life, won't we? And then that's what this guy did. He, he was making the best out of a bad situation. And, and, and here's the danger in that. He's growing roots. He, he is, his mind is changing. He is no longer a man who has an affliction. He is an afflicted man. One of those is temporary. The other is permanent. And Jesus is looking at him and saying, I, here's why I wonder if you really want to get healed. Because you're just sitting there. You, you've got a place, you've got your pillow, your blankets, you've got your friends around you. The, the vendors come in on a regular basis and bring you food. You, you've set up as if you're going to spend the rest of your life right here. 
So I'm asking you, do you really want to get healed? And, and we start to find out instantly that Jesus knows exactly what he's talking about. Can I tell you, whenever the answer asks a question, he's right. Whenever the answer asks you a question, will you be made whole? He already knows the answer. He is the answer. And so this man says, I, no, 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 you got me all wrong. The problem is, I got no friends. And, and to, to help me down, I'd get healed if somebody else would do something. Is that a little too close to home? If somebody else would just tell me they were sorry, I could get over this. If somebody else would just be the husband or wife they're supposed to be, I wouldn't be so miserable. If my dad or my mom, if my pastor, if my neighbor, if my friend, if my boss would just do for me, I could be whole. So he says, that's why I'm sitting here. And, 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 and so I don't have anybody to help me, and so... So when I, I begin to struggle from my, to my feet, some, somebody pushes past me and gets down in the water before me, and they get their healing. I don't know how many messages have ever been preached about the guy with the infirmity of 38 years. But nobody ever mentions the person who did get healed. This guy is laying there comfortable in his affliction, but somewhere else there is somebody waiting. They could have sat or laid down, but no, no, no. My miracle is about to happen. Are you getting this? I'm not going to get comfortable in my misery because this isn't what God has for me. I'm, I'm getting up out of my misery. I'm, I'm still going to worship today. Not because I feel like it, but because I believe that better things are coming for me. I'm still going to read my Bible today. I'm going to still testify for God. I'm still going to speak out words of life to others. Why? Because I feel it? No, because I know that this is not my place in life. And my place in life is coming, and I'm ready to step into it. But not this guy. He's just sitting there. He's become comfortable in his affliction he has friends around him he can talk to yeah my pastor did me wrong too this person hurt me too my husband cheated on me my wife cheated on me they lied to me they stole from me i was born this way my parents and we surround ourselves with fellow turkeys been there And we talk all about this poor guy sitting there, never getting his healing. But we forget about the person who did get their healing. He tells about him. I'm going to step down, but somebody is more prepared for their healing than I was. Somebody is more prepared for their deliverance than I was prepared. And they get theirs, and there I sit. And Jesus said, you've made my point. Why are you laying there? 
You see, sometimes we're still in the misery we're in because we've planted ourselves there. Notice this. Here's what Jesus said. Here's how your healing is going to happen. Pick up this mess. Get your bed out of here. Take up your bed and then you'll walk. My heart goes out to every one of you that struggle today. Physical ailment, you've been done wrong by somebody. Maybe it's something you were born with. Doesn't do you any good for me just to join you in your bed around this porch. I want to tell you there's a God who can suddenly instantly, in a moment, change everything. You can change it all. That fast. That fool takes on a life of its own. Will you? Will you? Have we put ourselves in a position that we have demonstrated to God this is not my place? Or have we made ourselves comfortable? I'm concerned in the church that we, we no longer want God to get us off of our porch. We want God to help us decorate it and make it comfortable. And Jesus wants us to get off of the porch. Get out of the misery. Because life is going on right there. Right there, there's life. And so he would walk up to us today and say, talking about how depressed you are and start talking about a God that joys over you with singing? You quit talking about what they didn't do or they did do. When, when somebody stands between you and your deliverance or you and your healing, you have made them your God. Jesus came to deliver. Jesus came to heal. And if I can't get healed because of what John did for me, then I'm making John bigger than God. And so this morning, I want to tell you, with love, not dying ain't living. Not dying ain't living. I honestly believe it's the will of God. I'm not telling you I'm there yet. But I'm going to tell you where I'm headed. Every day is the day the Lord has made. 
rejoice and be glad in it. Not there yet. Some days I'm grumpy. I know that none of you have ever struggled with that. Not in the morning, I'll get up. Gilbeth is more of a morning person than I am. Her alarm clock goes off at 6 a.m., mine goes off at 6 grumpy. I get in the shower and start showering. She opens the door and carefully puts a cup of coffee on the counter. Pulls the door closed. I can hear her whisper to JJ. But when JJ gets going, he'd say, you know, I'll come out and deliver me. I'm not carrying my cup of coffee. I'm not, not quite there yet. How many of you people know I'm not in? Dad, can we? Dad, 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 Dad. Son, I don't want to go to jail today. Just back off. Just slow down, son. See this face? It's not a face that wants to engage people right now. Just give me a few minutes. But this is the day that the Lord has made. It's the will of God that we walk through life have, having peace. If I'm going to wait until I have no problem to have peace, I'll never have peace. The reason why Jesus talked more about peace in the midst of a storm than any other time is he wanted you to know that your circumstances do not dictate your peace. You dictate your peace. According to the that works in you. The greatest place is to find peace in the middle of a storm and contentment. And it's not dependent upon John or your wife or your husband or your neighbor or your pastor doing the right thing. Guess what? When this guy got healed, he still had nobody to take him down there. But he's healed. And no pastor prayed for him. And the worship band wasn't going. No offense there, but they weren't singing. This wasn't after the end of a lengthy message. This was him in the middle of his mess. Allowing God to speak truth to him. You see, dude, I really don't think you want to get because you've become comfortable in your affliction. You've got other fault guys, and they all, you know, every time somebody gets healed, you look at them and go, man, life stinks, doesn't it? Well, the vendor will be along with hot dogs in a few minutes. We're just, who's got their cards? Can't wait for Xbox to be invented so we could play Xbox. But in the midst of that, Jesus understood something. There was one thing that was holding this man in his infirmity. And it wasn't what other people did, and it wasn't the timing of God and the angel. It was in him. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, God. 
www.thebibleshow.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.